This is thatsinthebible.com. That's in the Bible, episode 66. Is church really necessary? Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saved from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Hello and welcome to That's in the Bible. My name is Eric and you've tuned in to That's in the Bible, a internet podcast where we talk about different topics that are found in the Bible. Some of them rather interesting and um, we're glad you joined us today as we're going to talk about is going to church really necessary? Is that something that we uh, should be doing, that we need to do? You know, you hear a lot today about folks are saying, well, I can commune with God anywhere. I can just go out into the woods and commune with God and I'm good to go there. So we're going we're gonna to find out what the Bible says about church attendance and uh, the importance of church attendance. But we've got a We've got a full house plus one today. We've got a, a surprise mystery guest with us today, and we'll introduce our mystery guest in just a moment. But first of all, we're going to start with Pastor Strobel. Pastor Strobel, how are you, sir? Doing well. Good to be here, as always. Glad to have you on board again. And also, Pastor Steve. I'm here, ready to go. He's ready to go. And we have Matthew up there in the frozen Arctic, the tundra. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing well. All right, and then joining us today is Pastor Bruce Varner from beautiful, sunny downtown Alpine, New York. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's it. So tell us, Pastor Varner, how, how long have you been there, and uh, how are things? Well, things are going well in Alpine. I've been there for 18 years, and uh, the fellow that started the church, Marv Lamus, is, uh, he planted the church back in the 70s, and... Uh, uh, for the last 18 years, I've been the pastor, and we're, we're doing well. Things are going well. Thank you. Awesome. And glad you could join us today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and I know we said uh, we're going to talk about a few other topics before we get into the lesson. Um, and one of those topics, we were just going to maybe talk about um, our Bible reading, where we're at and going through the Bible as we read through. Let's see, I happen to be in the book of Job and I'm almost right to the end. I'm at, I'm at the point where God's going to kind of speak, and He's going to ask, "Where were you when I laid the foundation of the world?" And he's going through all of that. But I listened to Job's friends, and and uh, Elihu talks at the end, the younger of the fellows that says, "You know, I've listened to you older guys that think you know everything, but let me let me talk because you know you guys are supposed to have the wisdom." And but they they didn't seem to be too empathetic. They they seem to be. You guys correct me if I'm wrong, but they seem to be more concerned with, uh, you must have done something because God's, you know, he's not wrong. Something yeah. must have been going on in your life that you're not telling us. Yeah. Do I have that right? Exactly. I think so. I think the term Job's friends is used loosely. I mean, with friends like that, you wonder who needs enemies. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So, that's where I'm at. It's... Uh, it's been good. It kind of reminds me what kind of friend I should be, you know, Amen. That's what helping others and yeah. talking to them, saying, uh, you know, thinking of the back of my mind, oh, you must be doing something wrong because, man, you lost, <laughs> you lost all your kids in one day oh, yeah, and, yeah. you know, all this, all this uh, bad stuff happened to you. And then your health as well. All Trump right. It's always one of those books I want to try to get through as quickly as possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. It's rough, isn't it? And I'm, and I'm, of course, while I'm reading it, I'm also thinking, what would my response be? Yeah. You know, tough. All right, Steve, where are you at? Um, I'm in the New Testament, um, going through First John and uh, Second and Third John and Jude. And uh, just, you know, the reminder that, that the Apostle John, you know, it's funny, he's, he's probably one of the hardest of the, of the apostles and so forth, but yet he talks about love probably more than any of, of the rest of them. And, uh, you know, he says there in chapter 3 and verse 11, says, for this is the message that we have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Uh, obviously, in the, the day and age that we're living in, it seems like the more we need each other, the more we're fighting among, amongst each other. And, and it's just a, a constant reminder. And then obviously, again, 
just the reminder there in chapter three that we're going to be like him and we're going to be as he is and, and what a what a glorious prospect that is to be able to to know for certainty from our from our uh, from the word of god that that we're going to be just like jesus christ and one day this veil of flesh is going to drop and rise and i'm amen. looking forward to that day amen yes sir all right pastor strobel where are you at did we lose him Maybe he's offering his Bible right now to get ready to. Get ready to oh, sorry, I had my. Uh, I, had, yeah, I, there. I thought you were making comments on what I was saying until I realized. Um, no, I'm actually coming up behind where Steve is. I'm finishing up Paul's epistles. Uh, yesterday, I was in coming through First Timothy three, and then um, where I started today. Uh, was in Titus 1, and both of those up in particular, because both of them talk about the qualifications of a bishop. So I found myself in that I'm in that office as a pastor, and I found myself going through each qualification a little slowly and, and checking and thinking, okay, I'm, I'm all right there, uh, not so good there. <laughs> I about disqualified myself from the pastor. But, uh, <laughs> thank God for... Uh, mercy and grace. Yeah, amen. amen. And I'm just amen. trying to continue to grow in both. Amen. Um, Pastor Varner, where are you at? Well, I'm just finishing up uh, the tragedy of Saul, First Samuel, and we're now looking at the tragedy of David, Second Samuel, and uh, learning the lesson that uh, mankind will not be governed by man. Uh, you know, the lesson of uh, Judges was that man wouldn't be governed by God. And then a man that won't be governed by God won't be governed by man. And uh, that's what we're at. We're in Second Samuel. Amen. Yeah. All right. I know Matt's going to be ready to go here soon. But before we uh, do that, we're just going to do a uh, short break. In these tough economic times, it can be difficult to make ends meet. How can you know what to buy? Is it wise to use credit cards? If not, how can a family survive? Learn and apply what the Lord has to say regarding our personal finances in episode 47. Personal Finance. Only on thatsinthebible.com. All right. Personal finance is another important topic that we covered in a uh, past episode here at That's in the Bible. All right, Matthew, are you ready to bring us uh, the importance of uh, the topic of going to church? Is that really necessary? I am. All right. Well, let me uh, let me do that sound intro and you will be all set to go. Well, amen. It's good to be here tonight, and uh, it's just a blessing to be able to do this podcast again. It's been, oh, I would say, over a year since I've done a uh, study on the podcast here, so I'm just so thankful we're able to do this again. And uh, Again, the context is, and the question is, is it really necessary to go to church, uh, to attend church? And uh, as my dad, uh, Eric, had said, a lot of people today have a lot of different theories on it, a lot of different thoughts, and I know when I first got saved, it was crazy. I first got saved, and uh, it was probably maybe a month after that. Uh, you know how the the devil definitely attacks. I remember coming out of a store. I don't know which one it was, but I was living right outside the Bronx, New York. And I remember going out and looking at my car, getting in my car, and on the windshield, right underneath the windshield wipers, there was a, a track. I thought it was a gospel track. And I thought, wow, praise the Lord. You know, I just got saved, and somebody's trying to win me to the Lord, you know, and so anyway, I got out of the car and I took that track and I uh, started reading it and it said, the dangers of going to church. <laughs> I said, what in the world? The dangers of going to church? And it was all about you have to get out of church and the church is damned by the Lord. And, uh, you know, the, the main scriptures that they were going to was uh, in the beginning of Revelation there with the churches and that God's going to judge the churches. And of course, they're not rightly dividing their Bible and but uh, anyway, I, I didn't have the scriptures. I didn't have the, of course, knowledge at that point to be able to refute it. But I knew the Holy Spirit was telling me, hey, listen, church is important. And uh, so the question is, how do we know that? Does the Bible say so? Well, 
Turn with me first to Hebrews 10, 25. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Anybody that's been saved for even just a little while, uh, most everybody knows this verse. It's uh, one of the key verses, especially for attending church and why we go. Um, the Lord commands it. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, look at verse 25. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Uh, the day of the Lord is coming soon, the day of Jesus Christ, when he's coming to take us out of here at the rapture. And I hope it's today. I hope it's uh, in the middle of this podcast right now. Um, uh, given this study, I hope the Lord takes us out of here. Uh, but it says right here that uh, even as we see that day approaching even closer, that the Lord comes back, how much more should we assemble together? And uh, God says, listen, there's a lot of people that uh, are uh, forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, but uh, we shouldn't. We shouldn't forsake ourselves together. And uh, if you turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, uh, turn with me in Matthew chapter 16. You know, unfortunately, nowadays, we've got a lot of Christians that they really don't look forward to coming to church. Uh, nowadays, uh, we got the entertainment. You know, everybody's just all, they all want to be entertained. You know, what What can I do, uh, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, get entertained in regards to, you know, the they want the music to be like rock music. They want, uh, you know, it's just to be a big, uh, almost like the movie and TV shows that they watch nowadays. And, and they want the church to be like that. Uh, but God said, listen, I want you to come out from the world and I want you to be separate. Say it the Lord. I want you to be separate. And here in Matthew chapter, um, look with me in Matthew chapter 16. Now, again, number one here, my first point is, Church is a necessity in every Christian's life, according to God. A lot of people say, well, how do we really, God doesn't really make it clear, you know, uh, you know, we can really worship at home if we wanted to. We don't have to go to church. And, you know, in, in a sense, that's true. You, you should be worshiping every single place you're at, whether at home, whether in the car on your way to work or the grocery store, anywhere. We should be worshiping the Lord. But God has instituted the church. He has instituted and he has, he has established the church. So church is a necessity. My first point, church is a necessity in every Christian's life, according to God. Look with me in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. The Bible says there, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know what Jesus Christ said? He said, listen, I've established this church, and I am building this church. You know, as a uh, as a missionary out here in the Arctic here in Point Hope, uh, sometimes as a, as a pastor, you can really kind of get down and say, boy, it just doesn't seem like as many people are common. The church isn't getting built up like you would like it to. But ultimately, you know whose job it is to build it? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. And he is building that church. And uh, don't tell me that you, you know, you're going to say, well, I'm not going to go uh, to what Jesus Christ is building. Uh, Jesus Christ has established it and he's built it. And he's building it right now. And you say, no, I'm not going to be part of what God's building. Well, you're crazy. If you think you can be right with God and, uh, and be spiritual in a sense and, and, uh, and of course, uh, be uh, pleasing to God, but not go to church or not be a part of a local New Testament Bible-believing, uh, preaching uh, church, then uh, you're wrong. You, you've been deceived. Look at me in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Now, before I get too far into this, let me also say this. Uh, I understand there's exceptions, all right? There's exceptions to this. Uh, you know, there's people that are older. They can't get out of the house. We understand that. God understands that. Uh, we don't expect every single person to be able to come to church. There's there's exceptions that prove the rule. There's people that get sick. Hey, listen, if you got strep throat, <laughs> I don't want you coming and giving me your germs, okay? You stay at home. You can, a lot of times now we've got, uh, with the media, you can listen to it at home uh, while you're sick, or if again, if you're elderly and can't get to the house, uh, maybe you have to work. All right. Now, uh, let me say this as well about that: uh, some people just work a lot of hours and miss church because they want to live a, a cushy life. They want to have a lot of uh, toys and things. And uh, now, God's not going to be okay with that. But you know, if you're a nurse or an X-ray technologist, like uh, like I've been for 11 years. Uh, there's sometimes when you work at a hospital and you have to work those hours. If you can't get out of it, uh, you gotta you gotta supply. God understands all that. But the bottom line is, if you're just using that as an excuse not to go, and you can go but you don't go, 
uh, then uh, God's not okay with that. Look at Matthew chapter 18. Look at verse 17. It says, and if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. Now, of course, we know what the context of this is. If a brother trespassed against the, against thee, verse 15, and this is all about not going to uh, a, a secular court, uh, taking your brethren and sister into a secular court to get things, uh, you know, you know, sue them or whatever. This is about actually going to them personally. If they don't hear you personally, take, you know, two or three other people. If they don't hear them, then take them before the church. All right. So I understand what the context is, but it's still going to apply to this. So again, look at uh, Matthew 18, 17. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he ne neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Again, I understand what the context is there, but at the same time, if you're not going to hear the church and what's being said in the church, if you neglect to hear what's being said in the church, you don't hear it, uh, then God says you're as a heathen man and a publican. God says you're just as like a lost man if you're not attending regularly a Bible-believing, uh, gospel-preaching church. Uh, look at me to uh, Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. Again, is church really necessary? Uh, yes, it is. It sure is. There's no doubt about it. God has established it. God, Jesus Christ, has built it, and he's building it right now. And um, and uh, he says, listen, if you neglect to hear what's being preached in the church and said in the church, you're as a heathen man, almost as a lost man. Now, of course, we know you can't lose your salvation, but God looks at it as that, that serious. I'll look at Acts chapter 11. Look at verse 26. Uh, i got to get there first. Chapter 11. And, of course, this uh, uh, great, great passage here, Acts chapter 11, verse 26 says, And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church. So, again, they're assembling themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. You know, we've got a lot of people that are saying, well, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And uh, they just say, well, that's because I'm saved, I'm a Christian. Uh, if you look a little bit deeper, you first have to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's somebody that follows Jesus Christ, not only saved, but you're reading the Bible every day, praying every day, and also going to church uh, regularly. You're, you're here, they're assembling themselves together. If you want to use that term that you are a Christian, not only do you have to be saved, uh, you have to be in a good Bible-living church. The first Christians were called uh, at, they were called Christians first in Antioch while they were in church. All right. So again, it's, it's so important. Look at me to Ephesians chapter four. Again, here, my first point is church is a necessity to every Christian. Uh, it's a necessity by God. God has, has set it up that way. Look at Ephesians chapter four and Ephesians chapter four, look at verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets we know that uh, there's no more apostles, there's no more prophets anymore in regards to Old Testament-wise and, and uh, the early church and all that, but then keep going. And, and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. We've got evangelists, pastors, and teachers today in the churches. Now look at verse 12. Why do we have them? For the perfecting of the saints. You know what that says right there? If you're not part of a local New Testament Bible-believing church regularly, every time the doors are open, uh, then you're uh, not getting perfected as Jesus Christ wants you to be. You can't be perfected like he wants you to be if you're not part. You can study as much as you want at home. You can have as many Bible studies as you want at home. Uh, you can have as many uh, praying sessions as you want at home. Those are all good things. But if you're not part uh, of a pastor, uh, being underneath a pastor, uh, and teachers that are teaching you, then uh, you can't be perfected. Keep looking there in verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Uh, the church and the pastor, the uh, evangelists, the teachers are all there to edify you, to build you up. Look at verse 13. Uh, how, how often should we go and uh, when should we stop going? Look at verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. <laughs> uh, we, we're not all in the unity of the faith, trust me. And, and it goes on, and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. When you get to the point where you say, I'm just as good as Jesus Christ, then you stop going to church. <laughs> but let me tell you right now, if you think you're uh, that spiritual, uh, you you better get in the church more, all right? Because the more you get in the church, the more you get into this book, like uh, Paul got closer to the Lord Jesus Christ, the less uh, of a good Christian he thought he was. And uh, look at me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 here. 
I want you to also see that most of your whole New Testament Bible is addressed only those to only those that are going to a, a Bible-believing local church. Most of this New Testament is only addressed to those that are attending a Bible-believing church. Look at First uh, Corinthians chapter one, verse one. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth. To them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. So Paul, of course, is saying, hey, listen, this is addressed unto the church of God, which is at Corinth. This whole book of 1 Corinthians is directed to those going to a local church. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. You know what I'm trying to prove here is that uh, if you are not attending a local New Testament church, then most of this Bible, New Testament Bible, does not apply to you. Uh, now, of course, you can read it and all that. But God wants you to be part of a local New Testament church, and uh, uh, or this or this New Testament really doesn't apply to you. Second Corinthians chapter one, look at verse one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in all Achaia. So here is uh, um, he says again unto the church of God, which is at Corinth. Let's keep going. Look at uh, Galatians chapter one. So there goes uh, Corinthians. If you're not going to a local church, then uh, then those two books won't apply to you. He was writing those to local churches. Galatians chapter 1, look at verse 1. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. And he goes on and he talks to those churches that are there, uh, those people that are in those churches. Look at First Thessalonians chapter 1. I mean, you could just go through the whole thing. And, uh, and see, it's all addressed to people going to a local church. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul and Silvanus and uh, Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you. So again, that's the church, uh, those churches in Thessalonia. Uh, look at uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. I think you get the idea, but we'll just do a, a couple more. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Silvanus and uh, Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ unto the church of the Thessalonians. So again, I mean, you could just keep going and going and going and you see that most of your New Testament is directed to those and addressed to those that are part of a local New Testament church. So that is the first point that I've got tonight is church is a necessity in every Christian's life, according to God. You can argue as much as you want about it. You can say, well, I just don't think that's so. Uh, then you're just going to argue against God, argue against the Bible. That church there is to edify, to help you, to perfect you. And uh, God says, listen, I'm building this church, and you better be part of what I'm building. Now look with me also in Psalm 27. Not only is it uh, good for you to know that you're supposed to go because God commands you to go and he expects you to go, but, uh, you know, you shouldn't just do it just by obedience. Now, that's good. You should go because you know you should go, uh, but you should go because you want to go. You should go because you love to go and you desire to go. Your heart should be in it. Listen, God doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks on, in, on the inside, in the heart. And that's all throughout your Bible. God cares about your heart. So just don't go. Uh, to church and just say, well, I'm here, here I am. And I think there's a lot of Christians that do that. They're saved, born again, they're on their way to heaven, and they're just going to church because they know it's the right thing to do, and uh, or they're being forced to go, or they're afraid of what the pastor will say if they don't show up. You know, oh, the pastor's going to call me tomorrow if I don't go to church. Uh, you know, and they just go to appease the pastor, they go to appease God and their conscience. Uh, but that's not the right motive. Uh, look at Psalm 27. And again, I know the context. I know this is Testament, but it applies to us as well. Uh, Psalm 27, verse 4. Here's David. Look what he says. One thing have I desired. Uh, let me ask you a question. What's your desires? Uh, what, what's your main desire in life? He says right here, one thing have I desired. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. What are you seeking after in this life? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Well, you talk about uh, David wanted to be there. Now, I understand, of course, this is the temple and all that. So this is the tabernacle, but but it still applies to us because this is the place where God dwelt. All right, God dwelled there in the tabernacle, and the same thing applies here today. Uh, God wants to meet with you and I, 
not only at home, not only, of course, in the car and all that, uh, but he wants to meet with us also specifically in the church. And uh, David said, one thing I desire that I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He wanted to be there every single day. Too many Christians today, if they have to go to church once, twice, three times a week, uh, it's just a chore. And it's just, oh, I got to go again. It's just what we got to do. No, you got to be like David. Boy, I desire to go. Because why? Because he says at the end of that verse, to behold the beauty of the Lord. You know, if you got a pastor that preaches the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, the blood of atonement, what he did for us on that cross, I mean, you talk about a love story and the beauty of the Lord. You talk about what he's done for us and continues to do for us. You go to church, you hear that, and boy, you, you get to behold the beauty of the Lord. And not only that, to inquire in his temple. He'll give you answers. I can't tell you how many times the Lord has given me answers through the preaching of God's word, through a pastor, through my pastor, that is uh, that God has answered my prayers and told me the direction I'm supposed to go. Look at me to uh, Psalm 84. Not only should you know it's a necessity in your life that God uh, commands you to go, desires you to go, uh, but you should also, you should desire to go yourself. Look at uh, Psalm 84. Look at verse 1. Thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts, my soul long at the day even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. Uh, sometimes that can be convicting you to hear about that stuff. I mean, does your soul faint about going to church? And it goes on, my heart, my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found an house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house, they will be still praising thee, Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. Uh, verse 4, blessed are they that dwell in the house, they will be still praising thee. Look at verse 10. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is sun and shield, and the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withhold. Uh, from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. You talk about somebody that got it, that wanted to be there, uh, didn't just know that God commanded him to be where he was and where uh, his spirit was moving and working, but he had a desire to be there and he wanted to be there. You know, uh, you've got a lot of people, again, that uh, say, well, it's just a chore. It's just a lot of work to, to go. And, you know, I just don't feel comfortable there and, and different uh, situations like that. Hey, listen, uh, maybe you're not comfortable because you're filled with uh, the world's delights. Maybe you've been watching too much TV. Maybe you've been uh, listening to too much uh, rock and roll music or rap music. Maybe you're listening or watching things you shouldn't look or hear, and uh, or you're just hanging out with the wrong types of people. You're not reading your Bible. You're not praying. Then you are. You're not going to feel comfortable at church. Boy, if you're if you're right with the Lord, uh, boy, it'll feel good going to church. And uh, and uh, if you're not right with the Lord, that's good that you don't feel good, so that you can get right with Him. You know, the, there was an illustration of this pastor, and and uh, he started to have this neighbor's cat on his door. Every time he'd open up his door in the winter time, especially that cat would be right outside his door, waiting for him to open it, and that cat would come right in. And uh, he could not understand. He, he didn't really realize or, or figure out why that cat was coming and didn't want to stay at its own uh, master's house. And he knew, though, that probably when summertime came and it wasn't as cold outside, that that cat would probably not be there when he opened up that door one day. And uh, sure enough, a couple months later, when it got pretty warm outside, the summer was coming and he opened up that door and that cat wasn't there right at the door like it usually was. But, you know, just a few seconds later, that pastor looked down uh, about two blocks down the street, and he saw that same cat running as fast as it could towards his house. That cat had been out playing, but it had its eyes and mind on that door. So that when that pastor's door opened up, it didn't matter what it was doing. As soon as that pastor's door opened up, it ran right for that pastor's door and ran inside. And, you know, that pastor, at that moment, he got convicted. And he thought to himself, you know, do I have the same excitement when the doors of the church are open? that I go no matter what I'm doing. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but uh, myself included, do I have that desire 
But I know those doors are going to be open. I don't care what I'm doing. I, I'm just desiring to go. We should all have desire. We should all say, listen, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, how fun this, whatever I'm doing, I got to go to church. I desire to go, not just because I know I should go, but because I desire to go. You know, um, we are supposed to desire to go to church, and we're supposed to desire the Word of God. Uh, you know, you look at uh, what church is all about, why we have church, uh, things like that. Uh, it's important. It's important to go to church. Uh, look at me also here. Uh, this will be my last point. Uh, look at me to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. Not only should we know that God commands us and it's a necessity for us to go to church, uh, but we should desire to go. It should be just on the top of our list. One thing do I seek after, one thing do I desire, all right, out of all other things, it should be that I want to spend time with God in church. And look with me to Revelation chapter 4. And lastly here, you say, what's the purpose of church? I mean, I mean, why do we have church? Why did God set the church up? Well, we already said it's to perfect the saints. We already saw a little bit of that already. If you want to be perfected and and um, doing the will of God, you got to be part of a local New Testament church. Listen, if you want to start a ministry or anything like that, that ministry should be based out of a local New Testament church. That's how it's always been done, even from the early church all the way until now. Uh, you should be you should be off on your own. You should be in a local New Testament church. Look at Revelation chapter four. You say, "What's the purpose of church?" Revelation chapter four. Look at verse eleven. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. You know, the the main goal and the main thing that church should be all about is to glorify and magnify Jesus Christ. You know, we were put on this earth for one main purpose, and that's to glorify and magnify and please Jesus Christ. If you're going to church and that church isn't magnifying Jesus Christ, not they're not magnifying the name of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, and the salvation of Jesus Christ, and the holiness of Jesus Christ, and all his great attributes, if they're not magnifying Jesus Christ, uh, that's not the right church for you. That's not the church that God wants you to go to. Because the reason why we were created was to give him glory and to magnify him. And you say, what's the purpose of church? Number one. It is to magnify and glorify Jesus Christ. It's not so that <clears throat> we can have as many programs as we can get to keep our kids happy. And uh, listen, I'm a youth pastor here in, in Alaska. And, and uh, listen, I want to make it uh, fun and all that for the kids. But number one, all right, uh, we don't, we don't uh, skimp on glorifying Jesus Christ just so we can keep kids in here just to keep them entertained. All right. It's not about entertaining uh, other kids. It's about putting a smile on Jesus Christ's face, giving him some glory. And look at me, Isaiah chapter 43, Isaiah chapter 43. You say, what's the purpose of church? The purpose of church is first and foremost to glorify and magnify Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 43. In Isaiah chapter 43, look with me in your Bible to verse 5. Bible says, fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I understand this is talking about the nation of Israel, but again, it can apply spiritually to us here. I will say to the north, verse 6, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far, my daughters from the ends of the earth, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. You're created for his glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears, uh, let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses that they be justified or let them hear and say it is truth. Uh, God has created you and I for his glory and we should be assembled together. All nations should be assembled together under one purpose to magnify and glorify Jesus Christ. Look at me to Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter 1. Unfortunately, a lot of people today will go to a church, and the first thing they'll look for, all right, and, and I've, I'm, I'm all for, uh, you know, asking before you go to a church or before you take your family to a church, whatever, what do you believe? What's your doctrinal statement and all that? But too many times before they ask those things, they say, what can you offer to my family? What, as you as a church and as a pastor and, and a congregation, what can you guys offer to my family, my kids? That shouldn't be the first thing you ask. You know, the first thing you should uh, look for is, number one, are they glorifying? Is that church glorifying and magnify Jesus Christ? 
I get in here and uh, be a part of that to glorify and magnify Jesus Christ? Look at Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. You're created for him. Look at verse 17. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Verse 18, he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. You know, Jesus Christ, you want to give him glory? Uh, you got to have him first and foremost in everything, in your mind, in your heart, in your actions. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who go to church today and they don't glorify and magnify Christ. You know, you can come to church and uh, it's like this. We, we've talked about that with finances before. Pastor Strobel has. You put some money into that plate. I've seen it. <laughs> uh, I pass sometimes around the offering plate and I've seen people, you can see it on faces. They don't want to part with that money and they're just mad and they throw that money into that plate. God doesn't want your money if you're not giving cheerfully. All right. The same thing with uh, with going to church. Listen, don't don't say that you're magnifying, glorifying Jesus Christ by going to church and having a bad attitude about it. <laughs> all right. You're not putting Jesus Christ first and foremost. You're saying, well, all right, I guess I better go. No, you should go first and say, listen, I want to put you first in my life. And I've seen people, they go to church and they're so distracted. They got their phones out, their tablets out. They got their, uh, they're talking to their people to their right, to their left. And uh, they're letting their kids go all over the place and not uh, having them sit down and listen to the preaching. And, and, uh, and they're not putting Jesus Christ first and foremost. They're not giving him the preeminence. You can be there. But boy, you, you could be at church and not giving him the preeminence. You're not giving him any glory. You know what we should do? We should see Jesus Christ through that preaching, and we should say, wow. You should be in awe about the Lord. You should see his glory. And when you see his glory, the only thing you can think about at that moment is how good Jesus Christ is. You should only think about what he's done for you, what he does for you, uh, and, and just how great of a God he is. And that whole time in church, give him the preeminence. Look at Psalm 22. Psalm 22, you talk about we were created for his glory. Uh, when you go to church, is that your main goal is to give Jesus Christ glory? If it's not, then you're not uh, doing the right thing in church. The first and foremost thing we should do when we're either singing, whether we're listening to preaching, whether we're preaching, uh, whether we're uh, whatever it is, whatever it is we're doing there, we should do it all. Even if you're just holding the door open, the main purpose is is to be able to give glory to Jesus Christ. Look at uh, Psalm 22, look at verse 23. Uh, Psalm 22, let me get there real quick. Psalm chapter 22, verse 23 says this, Ye that fear the Lord, praise him, all ye the seed of Jacob, glorify him, and fear him, all ye the seed of Israel. We're supposed to fear the Lord, praise him, uh, glorify him. That's what we're supposed to do. Look at uh, Psalm 86. Go all the way to Psalm 86 here. That's our. That's what we're supposed to do is glorify him, to praise him and glorify him. Uh, Psalm 86, look at verse 12. Psalm 86, verse 12. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart. Listen, if you're talking during church and you're messing around on your phone and uh, you're thinking about uh, what's for lunch, you know, or what's for dinner at the evening service, uh uh, you're not giving him the preeminence. You're not uh, praising him with all your heart at that moment. And I will glorify thy name forever, for great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. Boy, doesn't he deserve uh, all of our attention? Doesn't he deserve the preeminence while we're in church? Uh, don't let other things get you distracted, all right? Don't don't let that uh, don't let that happen. Look at me to uh, Acts chapter 20. So again, uh, what is the purpose of the church? Number one, and the main thing is to glorify and magnify Jesus Christ. Uh, the next, thing, the other reason why we have church, look at uh, Acts chapter 20. This goes along, of course, with, um, with what we had said before about edifying the church, perfecting those that are there, the saints. Uh, look at Acts chapter 20. And look with me in verse 25, Acts chapter 20, verse 25. And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. 
Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend, uh, commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are uh, sanctified. He says in verse 28, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you over his ears to feed the church of God. Uh, the second purpose of church is to feed the uh, those that come to church, the saints in Jesus Christ. Those that have accepted Christ, uh, we are supposed to be fed by the pastor. The pastor is there to preach the whole counsel of God, not just what's easy, not just what feels good and is going to make everybody happy and uh, you know, a good, uh, uh, you got all those TV preachers today and, uh, you know, just name it, claim it. You got it. It's all good for you. Do whatever you want, you know, and just uh, motivational speakers for the most part is all they are. And, and listen, that's not preaching the whole counsel of God, not preaching on sin, not preaching on hell, not preaching on things that are in their lives that they need to get taken care of that God hates. Um, you know, we're, we're supposed to preach the whole counsel of God uh, as pastors, and uh, let me say this, though, at the same, at the same time, uh, if you are in church, not only is it the pastor's job to feed you all those things, but also it is your job as a church member to desire that sincere milk of the word. Listen, uh, I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it even in my own life. Uh, and I'm sure you have as well. If you've been saved for any length of time, your heart is wicked, deceitful of all things. And... Uh, and your heart doesn't want to hear the things of God. Your flesh doesn't want to hear the things of God. And that pastor could be preaching the best message he's preaching his whole entire life. He's filled with the Holy Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit's working. And you're just not getting fed at all. And you say, why? It's not God's fault. It's not the preacher's fault. You know whose fault it is? It's yours. And uh, not only is it the pastor's job to feed, it is your, it is your job to eat. It is your job to desire the sincere milk of the word Pay attention. Be all ready. Don't be filled up with the, uh, the the junk of the world that you don't have any space left to be able to take that. Uh, we're supposed to desire the sincere milk of the word. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, I said this before, you know, we got... We got these people that just want to be entertained like their movies, TV shows. They want, you know, their their music that their flesh enjoys. They can rock out to it. You know, they want all that. The rock bands and rappers and the, just with Christian lyrics. So just put that in the church. It'll be fine. Oh, uh, they want the smoke machines, the spotlights. They want big giant TV screens that show different angles of the preacher, you know, because all their TV shows show different angles every two seconds so they don't get bored. Oh, uh, let me just ask you this. What happened just the preaching of the word being good enough? Listen, God says that's all you need is the preaching, all right? If you need to be entertained, uh, boy, you're in a bad, bad state. And that's where we're at in Christianity today. And most, and even a lot of Bible-believing churches today, it's not the pastor's fault, it's not God's fault. It's God's people that just are so filled with the world's things that uh, it's hard to sit in church for 45 minutes to hear preaching. Sad. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, look at verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead of his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. So here is Paul speaking to Timothy. He says, here, I want you to preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. You know what that pastor is supposed to do? Do two-thirds negative. He's supposed to reprove you. He's supposed to correct you. He's supposed to rebuke you. He's going to criticize you sharply, and then he's going to exhort you to encourage you to do right. And uh, people don't like that today. People want to just go and just feel good and leave and just leave the same way they came in, just a, a wicked sinner. <laughs> and uh, you know what? I want to go to church. I want to go to church and feel bad and say, wow, you're right. I'm not, that's not right in my life. I got to get that right. And then he exhorts you to get it right. And then you go out and you live for the Lord Jesus Christ from that day and you keep going for him. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny. A lot of people say, well, what's really good about going to church? You hear these messages. You don't remember them. Yeah, I know he's you know up there shouting and, and he's giving me a lot of good stuff, but I don't remember it a day or two later. 
uh, I like this. Uh, there was a churchgoer that wrote a letter uh, to the editor of a newspaper, and uh, and he complained. And he said, listen, it doesn't make any sense going to church. I mean, you go to church, and this is what they said. I've gone to church for 30 years now, and that time I have heard something like 3,000 sermons. But for the life of me, I can't remember a single one of them. So I think I'm wasting my time, and the pastors are wasting their time. Now, of course, uh, this kind of stirred a big controversy there on the letters to the editor column, and they loved that at the newspaper because a lot of people wrote in, got a lot of hits on this. And uh, <clears throat> But somebody finally wrote in and said this, I've been married for 30 years now, and that time my wife has cooked me some 32,000 meals. But for the life of me, I cannot recall the entire menu for a single one of those meals. But I do know this, they all nourished me and gave me the strength I needed to do my work. If my wife had not given me those meals, I would be physically dead today. Likewise, if I had not gone to church for nourishment, I would be spiritually dead today. Listen, you might not remember everything that you've heard and what you've digested, but boy, oh boy, uh, spiritually, it's what you need so you spiritually don't die. Uh, you get out of church, you're going to be in big trouble. I've seen it just, uh, like I've, I've only been saved for 13 years, and I've seen people just got out of church for a few weeks, and then they're gone. And you say, what happened? Uh, they just phys- they just uh, spiritually just die out. They go in back into the world, and you never see them again. Or if you see them again, boy, they're just hurt. They've been hurt by the world. It's just a terrible thing. You need to come to church, and you need to be uh, feeding upon what the preacher is preaching. And lastly, look with me to Matthew 28, and we'll be done. Matthew chapter 28. You say, what's the purpose of the church? Well, first and foremost is to glorify and magnify Jesus Christ. Uh, secondly, uh, it's for us as uh, saints that have accepted Christ as our Savior to be edified through the preaching, rebuking, reproving, exhorting of the preacher out of the Word of God. And lastly here, now, of course, there's, you, could, you could say there's a lot of things at the church. I'm just, for sake of time, just bringing out some, okay, some of the major ones. Lastly here, look at Matthew chapter 28. The purpose of the church is to reach the world with the gospel. Uh, before Jesus Christ had, uh, of course, gone back up to heaven after he rose from the dead, uh, Matthew chapter 28, this is the last thing that he told his disciples. And don't you know it's important? Matthew chapter 28, look at verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The purpose of the church is to reach the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, my wife and I are out here preaching the gospel to the native Eskimos here in Alaska, and we're seeing souls saved all because of churches that support us financially and prayerfully, all because some Christians are assembling together in a church and getting involved with their missions program in that church. And uh, we're out here, of course, because of Jesus Christ, but also because of churches back in the lower 48 that, uh, that are supporting us out here because they believe in worldwide missions. And Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So let me ask you this question right now. Are you part of a good local Bible-believing church? And uh, if not, why aren't you? And if you are part of a local New Testament church, uh, uh, what? doing? Uh, are you just there to see what they can do for you? Are you there to help out and glorify and honor Jesus Christ? Church is a necessity for a Christian. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you, Matthew. Appreciate Amen. that. Um, you know, I think about church just in my experience, and it's interesting that I have three pastors here that I sat under in church. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll be able to tell what kind of a what kind of a church member I really am and was. Um, but I know that for me, attending church has been absolutely wonderful. You know, to be able to fellowship with other believers and to be able to, Amen. you know, to learn the Bible and and also hear things that you know I probably didn't want to hear all the time, but that were right. were good for me. And I know that. Um, the times that I didn't feel like going to church, it wasn't so much the church, it was me. It was me not, you know, being where I needed to be spiritually and not doing what I needed to do. But, man, 
be able to go to church and not have to kind of worry about what I'm what I'm hearing from other people, you know, and and to be on guard and to be kind of relaxed and have fellowship with other Christians and and to sing praises to God and you know sometimes sometimes the shouting is just yelling out Amen. Uh, uh, my personality is pretty quiet and reserved. But sometimes I just can't help it. It's like, you know, you just, you just, hey, man. You yeah. just, you know, it's like, wow. Man. And if I was really to let go of what I want to do, I'd sometimes I just want to stand up and, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and go a little crazy there for a minute. But, yeah, man. But, it, you know, it's been so good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you, Matt. Uh, that was really good. The point that you brought out about uh, the, New Testament being really addressed to the church churches. So, um, mm-hmm. if people want to hear from the Lord, then that's the place to be. The Lord, uh, uh, Paul addressed his letters to, to churches, a, a lot of them there. And uh, so, thank you for the message. I, I appreciate it. Amen. Oh, amen. Yep. Thank you. Well, Matt, let me go back to the verse that you started with, you know, and, and it said, uh, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And we, we rush on past this, this next phrase. It says, as the manner of some is. And uh, human nature being human nature, there's people that forsake the assembling of themselves together all the way back in the time that this uh, letter was being written or the book of Hebrews was written. And it goes all the way to today. Uh, yeah. the, I think the reasons for people not uh, attending are probably a little bit different today than they were back then. Uh, but uh, I think the devil's uh, at work and has a plan uh, for the people of today to keep them away. I, you mentioned some of them. Uh, I think there's a lot of competition uh, in churches, especially Bible-believing churches, and some of those Bible-believing churches are trying to do or use the methods that the, some of these other churches are using. So you mentioned some of it, you know, with the kind of music that they're doing, uh, uh, using drama, using all kinds of things to try to draw people in to entertain them, which is, I think, the phrase that you used or the term that you mm-hmm. used. But there's a lot of other things that are that the devil uses to keep people away. I mean, there's some people that uh, that can't miss their TV show, uh, yeah. you know, to come to church. There's some people that can't miss the movies that are coming out, and so they'll miss. Uh, the internet is, you know, obviously full. They can find and pick and choose uh, maybe somebody that they like on the internet to, to fulfill their their uh, church's needs or their, their spiritual needs. Uh, you've got sports. And my wife and I are often having conversation, and it always seems to drift back to this, that we remember the day when when uh, sports activities were not on Wednesdays and they weren't on Sundays. Uh, and now, uh, you know, even kids' sports, you know, uh, intramurals or, or, you know, youth hockey or youth soccer or whatever, uh, they schedule games on Sunday, they schedule games on Wednesday, and, and obviously uh, parents not having the kind of convictions that at least that I grew up with uh, you know, would rather have their kids in the sports than uh, have them in church. And so, yeah. you know, I think it's all yeah. kind of the devil's plan to try to to diversify things and, and give people more reasons to stay out of church. I, I don't know about you guys. I, I got saved in the late, uh, uh, kind of middle to late uh, 70s. I was saved in December of 76. And I remember asking the guys that that uh, were responsible for leading me to the Lord. I said, "Okay, when do you guys go to church?" I said, "Well, we go to Sunday school and Sunday morning. We go to Sunday morning. We go to Sunday night. We go to Wednesday night." <laughs> to me, it was just like, "Okay, that's when you go." And uh, mm-hmm. you know, any other time that they had any uh, special meetings or whatever, you sacrificed what you were doing so that you could attend those meetings. Uh, I just found that that the fellowship with saints and the accountability that the people provided kept me straight in my own spiritual life. And uh, that was more important to me than, than some of the activities that were out there. I, I get tempted just like anybody else. I mean, it's within my old nature to skip out and stuff, but there was a priority set early on in my Christian <clears throat> that thankfully has has propelled me or compelled me to to uh, uh, continue to go to church, and, and I think that's really what people need to settle, uh, you know, in their own hearts and minds. They need to have a priority set that God's 
first, which is what he commands us to to do. We're supposed to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. And uh, then the, all the other things come after that. So uh, you know, your life is supposed to be centered around him, and it's not a part of your life. He is your life. Amen. And yes. everything else revolves around that. Uh, appreciate the message, you know, and, and so forth, and it brings back all kinds of things, all kinds of thoughts and so forth that have floated around for the last 40 years. So, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's certainly a well-needed message, and sometimes I find myself surprised at, at how much it is, is needed, especially in the lives of people that you would think uh, would know better. Um, mm-hmm. Back to uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of themselves together. And then, as Brother Steve emphasized, as the manner of some is, and we see that happening. And it goes on and says, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, mm-hmm. as you see the day approaching. So, as we see the day mm-hmm. approaching as, uh, of apostasy and the Lord getting ready to, to come back, oh, yeah. uh, we ought That's not good. to be going to church less, mm-hmm. we ought to right. be going to church more. Yeah. And, and that practice yeah. of um, you know going to the church three times a week. I mean, four services. You got Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek service. Uh, that, that practice is so much going by the wayside. It's just, mm. it's a very sad thing. I mean, faithfulness is dying mm-hmm. and yet um, it ought to be thriving. And, and I thank God there are still people that, that have that and know that. But I mean, I wonder sometimes if the Lord tarries the way this next generation of Christians is coming up, um, I, I mean, we already see it happening with churches yeah, being the off services, and and I think sometimes they think, they think you know, that I guess they don't think, but they think you know, this is a pastor. He just wants us to come to church. Wants, I mean, do you do you realize how much easier our job would be as a pastor if we only had to do one message a week? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's not about it's not about us. It's about this is what the Lord wants us to do. Like Amen. Steve said, it's, it's priorities. Yeah. And uh, and then let me just add this, uh, you know, that track Brother Matt found about um, not going to church and getting out of church, uh, that was likely put out by Harold Camping's ministry, uh, Family mm-hmm. Radio. And Harold's camping teaching, his teaching is that if you go to an organized church now that you've taken the mark of the beast, mm-hmm. and so everybody needs to get out of their church. And by the way, if you think what I'm about to say is, is overrating it, look up his material and find it, because that's what he says. Um, but But... They, they need to get out of the church, their church. They take the mark of the beast in their church. And then if they do get out of church, this naturally brings up the question, what should they do then? And so he says his answer is that the Christians should then just, you know, get together, meet at somebody's house and study the Bible. Well, if that's their regular practice for all intents and purposes, they are a church. Right. Because mm-hmm. the church isn't the yeah. building. It's, it's the gathering of together of the same people. Amen. Amen. And then that necessarily brings up another question is, uh, since they quit their church, what should they do with their tithe? Mm-hmm. Send mm-hmm. it to family radio. Yeah. Camping, unfortunately, their radio ministry attracts some good people because they, they do tend to have more conservative music than the average Christian radio station out there. But uh, the problem is they are really all whacked out doctrinally. And that mm-hmm. that's just illustrative of, of how they interpret the, the Bible. I mean, um, they're five-point Calvinists, number one, but their method of Bible interpretation is completely allegorical, mm-hmm. and so they just twist and turn the Bible to make it say whatever they want it to say, just a Jehovah's Witness trying to interpret the story of the rich man going to hell in Luke chapter 16. Right. And you take what it says plainly at face value, and you make it to mean something else altogether, and um, you do away with the clear scriptural truth that God was trying to give you. And uh, that's not the kind of church you want to be going to anyway. Right. May I add one more thing? You know, uh, we uh, we here at uh, That's in the Bible uh, consider us a supplement to church. It's certainly not a replacement for church. And that's what, you know, some people will do. They'll they'll try to find something online that will be a replacement for church so they don't have to go to... um, uh, to be with other uh, believers and and have that uh, personal contact and and uh, uh, worship with with other believers. Uh, there's another group of people that that have this mindset. You know, as far as church is concerned, is they're looking for the perfect church, and uh, yeah. you know uh-huh. that they're they're trying to find the one that that uh, has no flaws in it. And if that's the case, please don't join because you mess it up. 
Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's not going to be the perfect church. You're not going to find a pastor that is, that is you know, you're totally going to agree with everything. He's going to find, you're going to find something that he does or somebody else in the ministry that, that's going to offend you or hurt you or, or, or whatever, but you're not there for them specifically. You're there for the Lord. And you're trying to get along with people and to love one another as we're commanded to do in the scriptures. But, you know, if you love the Lord first, you can take, you know, some of the abuse that uh, Christians unfortunately do. And, uh, you know, that's a sad fact, but uh, we're still human. And, uh, you know, you're not going to find the perfect ministry. So without, you know, just cast that criteria aside Mm -hmm. and, and worship the Lord with other believers, I mean, you know, like Matt said, it's a participation. It's being involved and and singing songs. I I can't tell you, you know, you you guys know how much music means to me. Mm -hmm. And and when you get into a service where everybody's in and they're singing with their heart's intent to worship God, I'll tell you what, there's nothing like that. And and there's a kinship and a fellowship and a a bond that takes place that is spiritual in nature, and you can't Mm -hmm. force that anywhere. Mm -hmm. And and you miss out on that if you just think that you're going to be able to get what you need off the internet. You're just not going to find it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's good preaching, Steve. That's right. Amen. That's good stuff. Amen. I think the people that are listening... I was going to say, I think the people that are listening should understand this, but let there be no mistake about it. We're not saying you have to go to church in order to get to heaven, but if you're saved, uh, we're saying you ought to be in church. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I think there there may be some times where you're not going to feel like going uh, to church. Established. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. I think I walked over. I, I, I tell what you, what do you do then, Eric? What should you do then? <laughs> go anyway. <laughs> go Go anyway, right? Although, uh, Pastor, Pastor Barnett. Yeah, sometimes you feel like the guys, uh, the guy whose wife tried to get him out of bed for church in the morning, and she comes in and says, honey, come on, it's, it's church time. And he just didn't want to get up. She came back, and she said, come on, honey, it's church time. And he said, you know, I just don't want to go to church today. And she says, you got, you've got to go to church today. And he was just exasperated, and she was exasperated. He said, well, give me one good reason why i got to go to church. And she looks at him. She says, well, honey, you're the pastor. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you feel like that, but you you know, Lord, you got to go to church. That's a good thing to do. And uh, we have, just like Steve said and and Matt, and just like you're all saying, I mean, things happen at church that are spiritual. They're living. They're real. And and, uh, if you get in on those, and then church starts to become alive to you, and it, it becomes the body of Christ. And and when you go to church, things happen, and you get fed, and you get ministered to, and you can glorify the Lord. And and uh, so people are really missing out that don't have a, a church home and a church love. Amen. Amen. That's a Q. Oh, yeah, it said C-H-R-H. What's missing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You. You are. Yeah. <laughs> so that music that's playing now, that means it's uh, it's getting close to time to go to church. <laughs> that's good. You can shout on that. Come. That means it's coming. Coming soon. Amen. Coming soon to a church near you. <laughs> right? Amen. Well, I want to thank everybody for coming today. I know, Matt, we had a few dropouts there on while you were doing your lesson. I will do my best to fix that up in post so if you've listened then it was okay. maybe there was something a little disjointed um, it's because of the the internet sometimes doesn't always cooperate with us especially well, it's amazing really to think about it's coming from the Arctic and I'm in New York and then we have a connection and we're, we're all kind of scattered across yeah, New York State here at the same time but the fact that we're able to, to take that technology and use it for what we believe something good you know something positive that Hopefully glorifies the Lord, glorifies the Lord, and, and also gives edification to the saints. Amen. It's, it's part of our, our yeah, goal here. I don't know. Uh, Matt's in the Arctic. He's close to Russia. He's close to Russia. He cut him. I don't know what, what the rest of that was. <laughs> Matt, what's going on? You see any Russians? 
<laughs> no, not not lately. Pastor Stroll, are you still there? Alright, I think Pastor Stroll. <laughs> I lost, I lost you there for a minute. Something about the Russians were coming. Many will meet their doom. Trumpets will surely sound. All of the dead It is good music, yeah. It's the theme song. All right, guys. Well, thanks again. I know we're having a little trouble with our internet sound, but uh, amen. This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening and press on. You're absolutely correct.